I want you to turn with me. I invite you to turn with me, please, to um, Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 11. And I will be preaching this evening on, on verses 9 through 11 in particular. Uh, some, uh, some months ago, I uh, opened up a little note on my, in my Evernote program, and it said um, something like this, sermons to preach before leaving faith. <laughs> and there are several on there, and this is one of them. Um, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11 is a prayer that I pray not just that I would be able to preach it tonight, but that we would all own it, love it, and that the Spirit would write it deeply into our hearts. Let's consider then God's Word. Philippians 1, beginning at the third verse. I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, uh, for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. May the Spirit cause these words to form your personal prayers and your prayers as a family and our prayers here at church. It is my desire that in months and years to come, your mind would gravitate to this passage whenever you had the question, well, I wonder what we should pray for. This is a great place to start. It is always appropriate. It is always on point. The prayer is for love. We're going to answer these three questions. What do we pray for? How do we pray for it? And what is the purpose of it? What is the outcome? Um, Why do we pray this? What goal? What, how, and why? Verse 9 opens up very simply. Um, This is my prayer, that your love, your love, the love that you have for the Lord, the love that you have for others. And this should not surprise us at all that this is God's will for us. And Paul would pray it. The first and second great commandments make it very clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourselves. 
This is what God wants of you. And yet I wonder, as I look over my own life, and I wonder about yours, um, does praying for love crack the top three things that you pray for? What do we pray for one another? Oftentimes we pray for good health. We pray for our children to be happy and successful. Those are very good things. We pray for wisdom when, when a friend or when we ourselves are running into trouble. Those are all appropriate, God-honoring requests. But the prayer here is, first of all, to love. And listen to how it's explained and how it is described. That your love would abound. Not just to love, but that it would, your love would deepen and grow and become more and more beautiful. That your love, which is now something like a trickle, would become a stream. That your love would abound. But that's not a love enough. Your love would abound more. That that stream would become a river. And that's not enough. That your love would abound more and more. That that river would become, would become a torrent of power. And as we unfold it this way, it is obvious that we are, each of us, a long ways from this goal. And if you ever think that you've arrived and that you are doing this well, no doubt you have barely gotten started. So the question is, is this your highest goal? Is, is this what you want more than anything else? I think in our circles it's often uh, another goal, uh, sort of elbows out love, and, and that might be knowledge. That is also a good thing. But listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. If you have all knowledge and even all faith, but you are without love, you say, I am nothing. I, 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 don't, I don't move the needle on the meter of God's attention. Now, Paul gives his own example of this as he prays for, as he's asking us to pray to love. He gives his own example for this. We see it in verse, in verse, in verse 9. Paul says he yearns with the very affection of Jesus Christ. That's how deeply he loves. That's, that's the description of his yearning for his friends. One, uh, one writer puts, puts it this way. It is due to our deep union with Christ. This is a mature commentator who's writing this way. Due to our union with Christ, our hearts and Christ's beat as one. In the Spirit's work, he sinks our hearts to the heart of Jesus. We love how Jesus loves. And so this is our initial prayer. Pray that our love would grow. It would abound more and more. Make this your prayer um, in your families. Help us to love well in our families. In our church, we oftentimes content ourselves with outward performance and outward appearance that we're doing well. 
But when measured against the standard Paul lays out here, your love would, have, would, uh, would imitate What's going on? The best we can. Excuse me. We can't settle for outward appearances and outward behavior because the measure that we have to use is the affection of Jesus Christ Himself. That's the what. Let your love abound more and more. Well, let's get more specific. How does that love abound? What does it do? abound in knowledge and depth of insight. Love grows in knowledge and depth of insight. Knowledge, it is shaped by the beauty of God's holiness. It is of God. It is the beauty of Jesus' love. Colossians helps us to understand this a little bit more. May you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding being pleasing to God and bearing good fruit. This is how we are to love this person. Love another person in the best way for them that we can. Seek their best. That is our purpose. That is God's call. That our love would grow in, in knowledge. That our love would also grow in depth of insight. That is discernment. That is how you apply the principles of the Scripture. Listen, knowledge and depth of insight right here where we are depth of insight that is discernment that is the wisdom to apply principles notice that Jesus himself the one who prayed more than any other person prayed this to the father that he would be he would know what to say and how to say it each situation was different he needed that he needed to understand the nuance of how you approach people in various ways we deal with this all the time. Do you bring it up to another person or do you cover it over in love? Do you know what I'm talking about? You've been sinned against. Again, do you bring it up? Do you cover it over? Love does one or the other. You have a friend who's indulging in sin and so, indul- and so harming himself. Which one do you choose? Do you cover it over? Do you bring it up? Is it wisdom or is it cowardice that keeps us quiet? Those are the things you pray about. Search my heart, Lord. Show me how to, how to apply love in knowledge and depth of insight in this situation. Paul knew exactly the right time to call out Euodia and Syntyche publicly. And we're still talking about those two women who were shredding the peace of the church. But he knew that he had to make it public. He knew that he had to talk about it. This little squabble of theirs has gone public and was spreading unrest. Does a child need discipline or mercy? I don't know. Pray for the Lord to give you the knowledge, the discernment to apply His Scriptures, in this case, in your child. Philippians 5. 
Thessalonians, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 5, a passage that speaks about our responsibility to care for other people. You are given an enormous task by the Apostle in the way that you care for each other. And several different circumstances are, are described there. One is you've got lazy people you've got to deal with. You admonish them. But then there are faint-hearted people around here. You encourage them. And then there are weak people. What do you do with them? Well, you help them. The problem is each of those categories of people have similar presenting characteristics. How do you know which is which? Most pastors don't. How can you do that? You pray for the work of the Spirit. Enable me to apply the principles of Scripture in this case. How I always do it, I keep asking questions. I keep asking questions until the Spirit makes it clear. Then you know what to say. And you say it with confidence. Above all, be patient with them all. So, may, our lo- may your love, and we pray that our love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Well, why? What is the outcome? What is the purpose that we're after? The goal that we're after? Three things in verses 10 and 11. First of all, that we would be able to approve what is excellent. We want to approve what is excellent. This is spiritual maturity in ourselves and in others. But there are two passages I want you to take a look at, or I want to just reference, and one of them is is Romans 12. It it says in the opening verses there, that so that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There is testing that goes on. You, you, you know it by experience. It's a trial and error thing so that you come to love better. Hebrews 5 makes the same point. Speaking of the mature who have the, their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You are trained by your experience, by your practice, to know what to do in a given situation. A very simple example. This trial and error so that you come to love better. The goal here, the goal in in this proverb is apples of gold and settings of silver. That's your goal. That's how you want to speak to one another. You want to say the right things, they're apples of gold, and you want to say them in the right way, they're settings of silver. How do you learn how to do that? One way is you keep a record in your own mind of, of what you've tried in the past. You've tried rotten words delivered with impatience. You've served up rotten fruit on a lousy tray. And that didn't work. So you learn to be patient. You learn the right words to use, the wise words, and you learn through the Spirit's work to speak kindly. You have learned to approve what is excellent. It's trial and error. You will blow it. Don't give up. Expect to blow it. But keep at it. Keep at it. The second thing is pure and blameless. This is the second goal then. Not only to approve what is excellent, but to be pure and blameless. This is our goal. And I will, I will again give you a prayer card, uh, a prayer card prayer that I, that I haven't used. Thank you for the grace that has preserved my life to this moment. And now listen to these three expressions of love. Now give me enough love for this. Now give me enough love for this day. Number one, 
a sense of love from you so I'm not scared or driven. A welling up of love for you so I'm not proud or selfish. And a resulting love for others that I'm not cold or distracted. Do you see the three different directions of love? The first thing we need is is love from God. We need to sense that love from God. That way we can live, live life without being afraid and without being driven. Am I doing enough? But then that produces in us a welling up of love for God and our proud, our pride and our selfishness is diminished. And then, of course, that results then in love for others. We are not, we're able to sit with someone and listen to them and care for them even when we're not getting anything in return. That's being pure and blameless. Timothy was like that. We see in chapter 2, verse 20, Paul even says, imagine this, the great apostle Paul says this, I've got no one else like him. Timothy's the, he, he's the best knife in the drawer. He's the best one out there because he's genuinely concerned for your I've got one guy who is genuinely concerned for your welfare, besides myself, and it's Timothy. That's, that's Paul's goal. People like himself, people like Timothy, people like Jesus who have, are genuinely concerned with the welfare of others. Listen again. You, being outwardly nice just won't cut it. Just don't, don't settle for that. Because what you're really after is, is to love with Christ's affection. That's within reach. Loving with Christ's affection is within reach. Don't settle for anything less than that pure and blameless love of Christ. And the third thing is uh, filled the, the third goal or purpose of this, you'll prove what is excellent. You ha- it, 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 this is pure and blameless in God's sight. But the third thing is this then, this kind of love, you, are, you will be filled with the fruit of righteousness. Galatians chapter 5 has two different kind of behaviors. One of them is a work, a work of the flesh. This is a product of our own um, Sin nature, that work of the flesh. We saw that this morning, a list of sordid things. The other kind of activity is not a work. It is a fruit. What is the difference? Fruit comes from its connection to a life-giving source. Fruit comes, as we would best say it, because the branch is, is, is grafted into a healthy tree, a healthy vine. So it produces not a work, it produces fruit. You don't do good works so much as you produce good fruit. Because it's not about you. It is about your union, your union with Christ. The fruit of righteousness. Well, alright, the works of the flesh then are in you shriveling now. You're a believer in Jesus. The works of the flesh are shriveling. They are less frequent. They are shorter in duration. You are repenting more quickly. Your faith is getting stronger. Your, your works of the flesh are shriveling. And your fruit of righteousness, as you're attached to the healthy tree of Jesus, are growing by faith. You are growing in likeness to Jesus by faith through the Spirit. Very quickly. Love 
You're growing in love because you know His affection for you and His affection for others beats in your heart. You love because you know Jesus' love. You know, knowing Him, knowing Jesus, John chapter, John chapter 12, or 14 and 15 say this, knowing Jesus, your joy will be full. Love, joy, okay? Because we're connected to Jesus. Love and joy will be, will be present, will be full. And knowing Him, you will be at peace with God and therefore at peace with other people. So this is all the fruit of righteousness that comes from knowing the one who is the source of love, Jesus Himself. So four things, four things to pray for as we sort of unfold this and, and make some, make some, uh, um, uh, some application to it. There are four things that I want you to practice in your own prayers, and perhaps we could even do so tonight. The first thing is this. Lord, let me know your love that surpasses knowledge. You don't know the love of God. You have an idea of what it is, but you're still walking in the shallows. The love of God is an ocean without sides and without bottom. Romans or uh, Ephesians 3 uh, speaks of this. Be strengthened with love through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that being rooted and grounded in love, you may have, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It's beyond your knowing. So that's the first thing. Lord, give me felt knowledge of this bottomless ocean of your love. Why? So that I can love, my love can abound in knowledge and depth of insight. Do you see how they're connected? I want to know the love of God that is without bounds so that my love may abound in knowledge and depth of insight. That's number one. I want to know your great love so that my love will will will. Um, increasingly uh, uh, overflow. The second thing is this, from Philippians chapter 2, the first couple of verses. This is a great application of what we're saying. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, those words again, affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. L- Lord, I want, I, do, I want to be in my family, in my church. I, I want to be of, of one mind in, in this sympathy and this love and this affection. You've got to bring it about. I can't, I can't produce it. And as I am more and more uh, showing the love, love of Jesus to those around me, they will too. Well, one, uh, one applica- further application, uh, to know the love that surpasses knowledge so that mine will too, uh, to have this sympathy in our communities, our, our homes, and, and in, our, uh, in our church. Number three, um, look for, uh, look for, this is, this is my specific application, okay? I'll ask for yours in just a minute. This is my specific application, and it is from James 1, uh, roundabout verse 19. And this is, 
talk less, listen more. That's not too hard, is it? Talk less, listen more. And do so with spirit-wrought patience. Uh, This is what the scripture says. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person, ah, not just me, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. That's mine. To listen better and talk less. (laughs) Now, number four, what about yours? What's your application? How does the Spirit wish your love to abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight? And that, my dear brothers and sisters, is for you to figure out in your situation, in your family, in your, in your particular church and your relationships. That, my dear friends, is my parting plea to you to model your prayers um, after this beautiful one from the book of Ephesians, or book of Philippians, rather. Let me lead us in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you um, for the beauty of your word. Um, We thank you for the beauty of your love for us, that it is without bounds. And we must confess to you, Lord, as we look to see the way that we have loved one another, it is often, it is often with little insight And hardly does it abound. And we pray that you would work in us by your sovereign and Holy Spirit, the affection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that our hearts would beat with his, sharing with one another that same beautiful love. Lord, we pray that in this world of hostility in which we live, uh, we would be able to move about with the affection of Jesus. We pray that you would grant these things and bless our time of prayer tonight. Help us, Lord, to remember uh, what you want us to be praying for. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I invite you to stand.